So some of you may have noticed that things are changing in the church, or maybe it's more accurate to say things have changed. Sunday morning doesn't look like it did 20 or 10 or even three years ago. Strangers don't walk in the door every Sunday looking for a new church. Social events that used to be the glue of congregations are fewer and farther apart and less well attended. Many folks seem to have vanished in the pandemic, not seen or heard from since the winter of 2020. Yes, the church does not look like it did in ages past. And this can be disheartening, especially if this church is pretty much all we know as church, because then we may incorrectly conclude that it's about us, that it has something to do with us as PCWS, and nothing could be farther from the truth. In fact, what has happened here is happening everywhere. And what's happened is that everything around us, outside our doors, has changed. The culture has undergone seismic shifts never before seen in history. In record years, society has been upended and turned inside out without time to adjust or take in all the transformation. Just think how very different our everyday lives are right now just compared to five years ago. I am using no file cabinets in my office, none. Everything is electronic. And many of you text me when you want to contact me. My office phone hardly ever rings. I don't have a home phone any longer, probably many of you don't. And I carry a portable computer around with me that is more powerful than the big blue mainframes that filled rooms when I was learning to compute. My car can parallel park itself and it talks to me. And these are just a few of the technological changes. The societal changes are vastly more impactful and yet harder to qualify. Marriage and ordination rights for LGBTQ plus folks, gender fluidity that we probably all need some education about, and of course, I've not even thrown in the pandemic yet. An event many of us never dreamed we'd see in our lifetimes, an event that made us stop and take notice of life and the way we lived it, the way we took it for granted, an event that sent fear and shock and sadness throughout every aspect of our lives, the pandemic that is still with us and yet we are also moving out of. And the church? Well, sadly, the church has been left behind the church has been exiled, if you will, within its own surroundings, in exile from the local lives that surround us, in exile from a culture that streams along seemingly unaware that we are here. To be in exile is to be taken far from the home you know. To be in exile is to be dwelling in an unfamiliar place or way. To be in exile is to be out of touch with the people and the culture you live beside. Exile simply means finding yourself stuck somewhere that is not of your choosing. The church has not been able to keep up with society. The pandemic brought us more upheaval. And so now we look around and we shake our heads and frown and ask, what's going on? Where is church as I know it? And of course, here at PCWS, we are in a bit of a personal exile, right? Finding ourselves without a pastor in a place we didn't choose to be, finding ourselves in some unknown territory, 
and wondering where will we end up. Being in exile isn't fun. It's confusing and upsetting, and it fills us with all sorts of questions. Questions like, what should we do? And how long will this be? Will it be forever? Well, friends, the good news is that this is not the first time that the faithful have been in exile. Our reading from Jeremiah today comes smack dab in the middle of a real exile. In 597 BCE, Babylon invaded Judah and Jerusalem, dragging into captivity the high and the mighty, the powerful and the wealthy. It was the end of life as people knew it. It was the end of what was left of David's monarchy. It was a very dark and dismal time. And into this darkness speaks Jeremiah. He was a small town boy trying to make it big in the big city, but by all measures, he was a failure. He was such a failure, in fact, that the Babylonians had left him behind. He wasn't even deemed worthy of dragging off to Babylon. For all intents and purposes, Jeremiah was an outsider of his own people. The priests and religious establishment were all over in Babylon, but here he was called to serve and proclaim amidst the ruins of the faith, amidst the destruction of every part of the religion that he had known. Does that resonate at all with any of you? Do you feel at times that the religion or the church you grew up with is gone? Do you wonder where the people are that used to fill the pews? Do you long for the good old days of church? Do you wonder if there's any turning around? Well, this was the exact same situation that Jeremiah found himself in. Now, unfortunately, the news Jeremiah had for the Hebrew people wasn't what any of them had really hoped for. Basically, the word of God given through Jeremiah said, fasten your seatbelts, folks, we're going to be in this holding pattern for quite a while. In fact, this situation is going to go on long enough that you might as well settle in over there in Babylon. Marry off your children. Tell them to have children. Build houses and businesses. Create community over there because... The past is past, and there's no turning back. Jeremiah speaks to a new reality for the people, and he encourages them to accept their new role in this foreign land while still maintaining their faith. But it meant changing everything they knew about practicing that faith. Why? Well, there was no temple in Babylon. The temple, the seat and site of their religious lives was nowhere to be found. What were they to do on Sunday morning? Where would they go to church? How would they share the sacraments? They had to completely reimagine their religious life, how to hold on to the faith, how to live it out, how to pass it on in entirely new ways. They had to start from scratch, if you will, thinking outside of the proverbial box. On top of that, Jeremiah's word tells them to marry these foreigners. Now, that might not seem like such a big deal to us, but it was against God's decrees at the time for people to take foreign spouses. It wasn't that God had anything against foreigners, but God was still trying to get this fledgling nation to grow, to take root, to become large enough to sustain itself. Intermarriage would mean an influence of foreign practices, foreign gods, and foreign culture. 
And God was still working at building the Hebrew people into something of strength, and foreign marriages would dilute that. But now, now we have God telling Jeremiah to tell the people, oh heck, ignore all that for the time being. You're going to need wives and husbands since you're going to be stuck over there for the long haul. But can you imagine how that made these folks feel? Everything had changed about their lives. And yet Jeremiah, God, still expected the people to remain faithful. And there was more. God tells them to seek the welfare of the city in which they live, Babylon. You've got to be kidding, they must have thought. Seek the welfare of these barbarians who sacked our city and dragged us off to live in this foreign land? But that's exactly what God tells them to do. And why? Because in seeking the welfare of that foreign city, they will actually find their own welfare. They will find life and joy and goodness when they help those around them find life and joy and goodness. It's a tall order all the way around. Life as they knew it completely turned on end, but they did indeed figure out how to be the church in all new ways, how to seek the welfare of those around them, how to put down roots for years before they eventually did return to Jerusalem. And so I wonder, I wonder if this isn't our situation as well. Exiled not physically, but within our own communities from our culture. We are foreigners with our neighbors who don't understand or think they need the church. We are wondering how we pass on this beautiful faith to the next generations if they're not sitting in the pews any longer. And I think in so many ways, we are also left needing renewal. We are left needing, like the Hebrews, to reimagine what church looks like. What does Sunday morning look like in this new land we find ourselves? Is it even Sunday morning? God told the folks in Babylon that they needed to figure out how to fit in over there. They needed to make lies for themselves in that foreign land. They needed to go forward living the faith, but living it without the temple and all the trappings that had meant for centuries. And so I wonder, how do we make lives for ourselves, faithful lives to God, in this land in which we find ourselves? A piece of land with a beautiful facility surrounded by houses full of children and families and retired folks who often don't seem to know we're here, or they don't seem to think they need us. The people of Jeremiah's time had no choice but to renew and reimagine they were forced out into this new world into which they found themselves. Our struggle is that for those of us on the inside, things look the same. Or they look like they can remain the same. We still have our temple. We still have our traditions. We still have a semblance of life as it once was. But those ideas will no longer capture a culture around us. The future of the church in suburbia cannot be what it was 30 years ago. And so I turn to the end of Jeremiah's speech today to find the wisdom, the word of hope, and this is what I find. 
Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. In its welfare you will find your welfare. In our atheistic, agnostic culture, we will find our welfare. That is really something to think about, isn't it? But I read it right here in Jeremiah. And I know that Jeremiah's people had generations in exile. I also know that eventually they did go home, that eventually they did find their way back, but church life was forever changed. The ways the people practiced their faith were forever different. In captivity with no temple, they could no longer offer their sacrifices. That was a keystone of their faith practices. And so they had to restructure the whole thing. But out of that destruction came new practices, the reading and the study of sacred scripture. This was the beginning of the rabbinic tradition for the Hebrew people. They gathered writings and reflections of the Talmud, and eventually they created synagogues, which were just places to study and read sacred scripture. They were not temples. The point is that while in exile, the ways to practice Judaism had to change. The situation demanded it. But the change in practices didn't change the focus of the relationship. These were still God's people. God was still their God. They remained the chosen people. While life maybe wasn't the way they wanted it, it was devoid of the places and traditions that they had grown up with, it was still life with God. It was still a gift. It was a gift to be lived in community with those around them, with God, even while in exile. And this is our story, folks. This is where we are. We may not have been dragged off physically to live in a foreign land, but we live in foreign surroundings nonetheless. Our old practices and traditions are no longer able to support the needs of those outside our walls around us. But within that acknowledgement is the understanding that we are people in the line of Jeremiah, that we are Easter people, that we know that new life comes out of every death if we let it. We know that even if we must change some of our practices, our relationship with God remains constant. As well, we know that we have been given immeasurable gifts here at PCWS. We are a congregation of deep and generous mission. We are a community of mercy that cares deeply about each other, especially in times of need and distress. We are the wealthy who turn our eyes and hearts to the homeless and the hungry who go unnoticed by so much of our country. Our generosity reaches into the inner city of Chicago and across the oceans to Cuba. Our hope is shared with a newly arrived Rwandan family finding refuge in the United States. Indeed, we have been greatly gifted here at PCWS. I firmly believe there has never been a greater need for our faith community to be a presence in Western Springs or for the church to exist. What we need to ask ourselves is who are these foreigners who surround us and what are their needs? How do we meet these neighbors and welcome them into God's grace and care that we know and treasure so deeply? We may be in exile, but our welfare, our future, rests in the welfare of those around us. 
There has never been a better time to think about the ways that you support PCWS's many ministries, missions, and of course, our budget, which makes it all possible. There has never been a better time this Thanksgiving week to say, thank you, God, what else can we do in your name? We may be in exile, friends, but God is there with us, whispering to us, I know the plans I have for you, plans for good and not for harm. Amen.